Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are many ways of getting our show every week. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie or use a smartphone podcast app. iTunes, of course, you can get us on that or turn us on every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Later on the show this week, uh, we're going to take a detailed look at the Apple WWDC from earlier in the week with one of the country's leading app developers. But first, I'm joined by the boss of our tech central mothership, Niall Kitson. And Niall, some big news uh, in relation to Ireland and uh, acquisitions from Microsoft this week. Yeah. Yeah, well, two big news stories, one of which is uh, the acquisition that we'll, we'll go into um, in detail. The other is, you might, you probably don't know, but E3 was going on this week as well, uh, which is the Entertainment and Electronics Exhibition. So this is a, an annual gaming show that goes on, uh, and we, we talk about it every so often. And this year, there was um, one very interesting reveal from Microsoft. Now, if you have any interest in buying an Xbox One, um, what I will say to you right now, not you specifically, Dusty, but to, to anyone in the world, hold off. Do not buy an Xbox One. Hang on to your pocket money. Something much better is coming, but it's not coming until next Christmas. So Christmas 2017. <gasps> and uh, Yeah, oh, I know. No, that's too long to wait. I don't care. I don't care if you're going to give me 4,000 reasons to wait. That's too long. See, it it feels like the Xbox One hasn't been around a wet weekend, and yet already we're looking into the next generation of console. But there you go. I mean, uh, I think Microsoft got what almost ten years out of the um, the uh, Xbox three hundred and sixty. That's a that's a really nice longevity cycle. Um, so it looks like what three years for the Xbox One. Um, yeah, so what it's called at the moment is Project Scorpio, and its big selling point right now is um, 4K gaming, or 4K ready, as they're calling it. It's got massive processing power. Uh, looks like it's going to be powered by some AMD uh, GPUs, which is very nice indeed. Um, uh, real gamers will be will be into that. Uh, it also looks like there will be compatibility for um, keyboard, mouse, virtual reality. And, um, yeah, we don't know anything else, really. We, we know that it's coming. Christmas 2017, it's going to be awesome. And if you want to spend big money on an Xbox 360, don't do it. And further rumblings, if you have Xbox One or Xbox 360 games, you might not have to throw them out because they may be playable on whatever Project Scorpio becomes. In three words or less, what do you think is going to be the big thing for this new console? 4K ready. How does that sound? Do you think it's going to make that much difference, really? Uh, In the short term, maybe not. But looking down the road, uh, 4K is the new HD. I mean, if you're going to shell out for a new console, it's got to be future-proofed. And I think that will give Project Scorpio Mm. a bit much uh, a bit more of a shelf life than the xbox one oh, so you're right about the 4k it would be like going back going back to watch stuff in in hd or going back to watch stuff in uh, sd um or it'd be like listening to to stereo and then suddenly having to go back to to mono or something like that um i think where they're really going to use that console to the max is with virtual reality and with their hololens as well with augmented reality 
Yeah, yeah, certainly with VR anyway. All right. So my advice, Niall's advice is wait until 2017 before you buy uh, a brand new Xbox. My advice is buy one now. And then when you get to 2017, sell it and buy the upgraded version. (laughs) What else has got on Microsoft this week? Yeah, well, I mean, the real Microsoft story this week is the acquisition of LinkedIn uh, purchased for $26.2 billion. Uh, it's, a, it's a record deal in social media so far. The previous record was $19 billion that Facebook paid for uh, WhatsApp. Contrast that with, I mean, it, it paid, Facebook paid like $1.2 billion or something like that for, for Oculus. I, I, in a world of important technology, Oculus looks like a steal in that sort of uh, context. But anyway, um, yep, 411 million members worldwide. LinkedIn, the social network of choice because you have to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because holding on to business cards is just unwieldy these days. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Dusty. Yeah, I'm, I'm a daily user of LinkedIn. Uh, I find it incredibly useful. Uh, do you find it useful? No, not really. Uh, I mean, I'm on it and, and I get, get in touch with people through it, but I'm just all social media out. <laughs> yeah, you're not even a huge tweeter. Not really, no. Uh, and I'm just, strangely enough, you see, because well, I'm unusual because I spend most of my life speaking on a microphone and telling people about what's going on. So the last thing I want to do then is go onto my phone and computer and do likewise as well. So um, I, I, maybe I'm a little bit old-fashioned as well. You're, you're catching me on, on, on the hop. But uh, LinkedIn, I just find it, it's kind of, it's like Facebook for work. It's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> well, it's the Facebook that you actually can leave behind after work. <laughs> well, I suppose that's that, that's another way. Listen, tell me about the, uh, because there are LinkedIn jobs here in, in Ireland, in Dublin. And there, of course, are a lot of Facebook, uh, or sorry, Microsoft jobs in Dublin as well. Are these jobs going to be affected? Is it going to be downsizing, upgrading, or will everything stay the same? No, well, according to Microsoft, it'll be business as usual. Uh, the only difference is that LinkedIn's current CEO, Jeff Weiner, uh, will be sticking around. He's just going to have to report to Satya Nadella, who is the Microsoft CEO. Uh, I'm sure people won't have much, many problems with that at all. Uh, LinkedIn, I think it has a thousand employees in Dublin. They're not going anywhere. In fact, they're still hiring uh, when last I checked. And um, of course, Microsoft staff aren't going anywhere. So for the moment, it looks pretty good. Um, I have a blog on Tech Central explaining my reasons for why I think it's a good purchase for Microsoft. Uh, and not sort of a, a shot to nothing. Well, I don't want to call it a shot to nothing, but why it was a bad idea to uh, buy up Nokia's devices uh, business in comparison. So um, go to techcentral.ie and have a read of that. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Picture your favourite singer and imagine yourself near the front of the stage for their first ever gig in Ireland. Now, this is your hero. You, you're about to see them live in the flesh and everyone around you is wildly excited. How do you get that kind of atmosphere at a software presentation? This, of course, is the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference where everybody was just adoring Tim Cook and Co. on uh, stage. And to chat to me about it is Vinny Coyne, uh, one of Ireland's top app developers. Uh, he's on the line from Galway. Vinny, um, You've been watching these worldwide developer conferences, like, you know, many of us for, for many years. How do you find the whole brainwashing thing? Do you consider it brainwashing? Do you consider it <laughs> cult of Mac or do you, are you just in there, you know, enjoying the moment? Um, yeah, brainwashing is a funny word. Um, <laughs> uh, from, from what I've heard, anyway, there's definitely a, um, an energy in the room. Um, 
And, uh, you know, developers tend to get very excited when, um, when they're mm. sort of, um, I suppose, spoken to, delivered to by Apple because, mm. you know, we don't get to, um, we don't get to hear about what's going on there very often. Well, this is my point. It's kind of like, you know, it'd be like seeing Jimmy Page play live. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a once in a lifetime experience for you. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and, and I mean, in, in this day and age with, you know, um, information everywhere on the internet, it's, it's, it's still kind of unique to have a, a company out there mm. who, don't broadcast everything ahead of time. I just think it's funny how you get sucked into it. And even when you're thousands of miles away, like we were, uh, just watching online and seeing how it's all going, and, and they're, this is beautiful. Our customers said that they wanted, you know, this thing, and we've made it lovely and beautiful and simple and colorful. It's a fantastic thing. And you're sitting there you're going, yeah, it is. You know, but WhatsApp have been doing the same thing for the last two bloody years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, I don't envy the position Apple are in because... Um, there's such a huge expectation, um, you know, each time when these uh, WWDCs mm. rolls around, um, you know, it must be very, uh, very stressful um, f- for them in the, in the lead up, you know, because there's so many uh, rumors and expectations floating around the internet. And I suppose it's back, going back to Steve Jobs, the expectation every year is, and just one more thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they haven't done that for a long time. And in fact, I don't think there was any really big announcements at this year's Worldwide Developers Conference where, where it was kind of a wow moment. Lots of incremental uh, increase, I would have thought. Well, how about you? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the keynote itself is, it's more of a marketing thing. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a marketing event that, you know, starts at the, uh, you know, the beginning of a developer conference. Um, so it, there is ex- ex- expectation of um, you know Apple delivering some some wow uh, features. Um, I think this year it looked like you know from from a consumer point of view that they were maybe struggling a little bit to find that that wow feature or the you know that new thing, uh, new new shiny thing that that customers would love. But um, watching some of the uh, you know, some of the later videos, it, it's pretty clear that they've got quite a lot of stuff in store for developers. And then it's up to developers to, um, uh, you know, to, to actually bring that stuff mm. um, and, you know, make the platform uh, even more uh, exciting than it already is. Well, listen, uh, creating apps for Apple and, and other people, of course, but for uh, uh, creating Apple apps is your lively livelihood. Um, uh, how is, because they announced that they're going to open Siri up to app developers. Is this like massive news for you or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something we've been looking for since Siri was debuted in 2011, I think. Um, you know, the... the uh, They've opened it up. It's still fairly restricted, but um, you know you can do quite a lot. Um, it's been opened up to messaging apps, uh, ride booking apps, payment, VoIP, workout stuff like that. Um, so, for example, the, the company I work with at the moment, Game Golf, um, you know, we're, we're a, we we technically are a, a, you know an exercise or a workout company. Mm. Um, so all of a sudden, this gives us the ability to integrate something like Siri into our product. Um, which is really, really powerful and really exciting, um, you know, to, to have that opportunity. So have you had lots of ideas? I won't ask you because you're, you're developing it and it'd be commercially sensitive, but have you got lots of ideas where you're kind of going, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Siri was able to do this with my app? Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, the, the, one of the best things about mm-hmm. WWDC for developers is that all this information is kind of just like, dumped at your feet and you get to kind of sift through it and you know the mind starts going the wheels start turning and uh 
you know, you get really excited about some of the cool stuff you can do. So Siri is definitely um, one of those things. And sort of Siri, not to get too in the weeds technically, but Siri is built on um, this thing called extensions. And uh, it's pretty clear that um, uh, Apple launched extensions about two years ago at, at WDC. And at the time, it was for like lock screen widgets and things like that. But now, um, in particular this year, extensions are absolutely everywhere. Um, it gives you the ability to plug into Siri, gives you the ability to plug into Maps, Messages. Um, it's, it's basically the foundation for this entire um, event that Apple are ho- hosting this week. And it seems to be that with Apple, that, that was my overview, was that if you, if you buy into the Apple world, it works across everything, across all their apps, across their mobile phones, across their desktops, across their laptops. Everything just works. But and, and if you are in the Apple world, that's fantastic. But I don't think the Apple world necessarily fits in with the rest of the world so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm from a, a you know, I, I work in the uh, the Apple sphere, so I, I tend hmm. to you know, come from that angle. Well, where, no, yeah. actually, the, the, because I don't, right? I'm an Apple desktop user, uh, but I'm not an Apple uh, phone user and I'm not an Apple TV user or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, no, we don't even use the iPad anymore. Um, tell me, for somebody who is in the Apple world, all right, so you're using the, the phone, the laptop, the tablet, everything, the TV system, mm-hmm. does it actually work? Does that flow all the way through all of their products work for you in your life? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's supposed to, <laughs> um, for the most part. Yes. I, I think, um, you know, the, they tend to work pretty seamlessly together for, uh, for example, the, the phone, the watch, or, you know, they're, they're pretty solid. Um, you know, going between the mobile devices and the Mac, um, for me, I, I don't have much use for things like, um, I think continuity is what they call it, where you, you know, you transfer what you're reading from, or, you know, um, if you're if you're you know writing a document on your iPad, you know, and you can transfer that to the uh, to the Mac, you know, pretty seamlessly. I, I don't spend much time with those sort of features. Mm. Um, it's nice that it's available, but um, I, I think Apple have this um, you know vision, and and maybe you know within within their own uh, little bubble that that you know that's how the world works. But um, now you do have to acknowledge that there you know there are people on other platforms and using other devices and. Mm. Um, having Apple's devices and services interact with them, maybe not, um, you know, may not be the best, uh, uh, the, the best solution right. or the best uh, there were, experience. There were so many things at the Worldwide Developers Conference this week that were kind of, oh, that's nice, that's nice, but I can't see myself using them. And one of them, as you say it, uh, one of the new uh, improvements that they've made is the universal clipboard, where you can highlight some text on your iPad or on your phone, and then you literally click paste on your laptop or on your desktop machine, and it'll, it'll paste in that, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's neat. I, yeah, can't, I can never uh, see myself using that. <laughs> It's, it's a it's a large amount of engineering for something that um, I, I don't recall anyone ever really <laughs> exactly. uh, requesting. Who asked but, uh, for that? Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah I <laughs> think you know <laughs> maybe copying and pasting text isn't isn't what it's solely for. I think you know sharing links between devices um, might be uh, a better use case. More so like rather than uh, texting a URL to yourself, 
you could just copy it to your clipboard and then open it on your Mac. You One know, thing like that. I was very impressed with was the demonstration of Siri on Mac OS. So you can now use Siri not just on your mobile phone, but you can use Siri on your laptop or on your desktop. And the demonstration that they did was uh, saying to Siri, uh, show me the files in relation to blah, blah, blah project. And it would show a list of files as well. Wow, that's, that's, that's a neat way of getting files. And now, now only show me the files I've worked on with Vinny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. that came down. I it's, thought that was quite uh, nice. It's really, it's a really cool demo. If it works in real life half as well as it, it did on stage, it, that, that, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, and it, you know, it all kind of, um, it's, it's, it's Apple trying to evolve the Mac a little bit to, hmm. to, make it more user-friendly. So they're trying to move away from this whole idea of a file system. Um, so, you know, how do you interact with a Mac um, but avoid the file system? Well, you can use something like Spotlight, which, you know, you type into a box, or, you know, you go one better and you actually just start speaking to your computer. Um, so I think that's their, their vision there is to, you know, to move away eventually from, um, you know, okay, which, which folder was that file in? Or, you mm. know, is it on my desktop or is it... I I kind of I can't make my mind up a bit Siri because I totally understand Siri on a mobile phone because it saves you having to type on such a small space uh, and being able to issue voice commands is fantastic. But the only thing I have ever seen it used for is uh, my friends will say, "Watch this, Siri. Where's the best place to bury a body?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've all tried that one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Siri. Um, Siri's oh. useful in certain scenarios. Hmm. Um, you know, with the um, you know, as you said, on, on mobile, um, it definitely has its benefits. Um, Do you see any, I, any benefits on desktop? On desktop, I, I'm, I'm struggling to see any immediate mm. ones. Um, I think the demo that they gave us was cool, but, you know, I, I don't see an office full of software developers searching for their files using voice. Mm. Listen, I want to ask you about uh, iOS because that's, I suppose, you know, the one that everybody's most familiar with on the phones. But before I do, uh, you're an Apple TV owner and a user as well. They've announced now that they're popping up to, I think it was from 60 channels to 1300 channels and then going up to 6000 apps or something like that. Uh, and the fact that you could use the, the Siri app on, on your phone to control the uh, Apple TV. Do these things impress you or are you just... It's um, it's good that they're still improving the platform. Um, I think the Apple TV still has a lot of work, um, you know, or, or, or a long way to go before mm. it's it's um, ubiquitous. Um, the, yeah, the problem it has, especially you know, particularly in Ireland, is um, you know a lack of support from uh, you know some of the channel providers and things like that. So it's great that they're expanding the catalog. Um, so it's, it's encouraging. Um, it's mm. not going to convince anyone to go out and buy one straight away. Mm. But, you know, if, if they can get people like, you know, Sky um, or, um, you know, any of the kind of the big sports providers to, to, to get on board, you know, in this country, um, you know, I could see them, you know, picking up uh, sales. Well, this was what my suspicion was, was that what they show on the, on the developers conference stage looks fantastic. And then I was kind of thinking in the back of my head, hang on a minute, uh, out of those 1300 channels, probably 1299 of them won't work in Ireland. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I think you, um, I, th- I don't th- I think in Ireland, you still cannot 
purchase TV shows. <laughs> so, you know, that, that kind of shows uh, the, the level of uh, attention it gets right. here. Well, we'll get too excited about it. Um, tell me about iOS. Now, um, music is a big thing in my life, and I would be a big Spotify user. Um, and then I did try Apple Music for the three months, and I would dip in and out of it, but I never really liked it. I just found it a bit too fluffy and everything was I – did, I didn't know where anything was. It just didn't seem to have that flow. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas I really like the new music, Apple Music, it seemed to kind of take it back and make it a little bit more basic. But that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was one of the main complaints um, a lot of people had, including myself, with the uh, with the initial release of it. It was very confusing as to what exactly you were doing within the app. It was confusing how to find things, and you know. You didn't know which music was yours, which music was, you know, Apple's, what oh, was streaming, stop. what was downloading. Oh, yeah. Um, Drove me so, mad. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's nice that they've, you know, gone back and hopefully listened to, a, you know, a lot of feedback that they'd received and, and, you know, revised the UI. It looks a lot cleaner now. Um, it remains to be seen whether it works any better than it did because there were, there were a lot of problems, um, you know, initially with, uh, just some songs being displayed and then not actually being available to play and things like that. So um, it's good to see them, you know, taking on feedback because, mm-hmm. you know, the Apple of old probably would have just stuck to their guns and said, nope, this is the way we're doing things. But uh, it's it's yeah. it's actually one of the themes of this keynote for me is that they've been kind of looking around them and listening to feedback and actually, um, you know, improving their software based on that. How about iMessage? There was an awful lot of features that they introduced in iMessage that they said, our customers have been asking for this. And the ability to show fireworks videos behind the messages. To see yeah, yeah. I, I, I somehow... Um I somehow feel like I, I might not have been the target market for for that particular presentation. Um, I, I spend a lot of time in messages, but, you know, I, I use emoji, maybe. Um, I don't see myself using a lot of the other animated bits and pieces but yeah. but who knows i you know when they they announced the emoji keyboard to them i was i was of the same opinion so uh, where do you sit though and this this is back to where what i was saying earlier is that you know things that work within the apple world are fantastic but they don't necessarily work outside of that you know apple garden and i think iMessage is a brilliant example of this because you know iMessage you can do this with other iMessage users who are all of course apple customers whereas if you want to uh, send a message to somebody who's just via a regular text message or you know who's uh, on an android phone or something like that you know they didn't open it up to yeah. android do you think that's a mistake i think it is now I, I don't know whether it's a mistake from a business angle but definitely from from the user's perspective and, and, you know, even from developers' um, perspectives. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's surprising or maybe, well, disappointing uh, might be the, the, the better word there. Mm. Um, it's disappointing that they're, they're, they're not opening up to Android users. Um, you, know, I, you know, from a personal point of view, um, I know a lot of people who switch from iOS to Android and, uh, you know, not being able to iMessage them is a, is a bit of a downer. Um, so you know a lot of these features are, are you know they're going to go to waste um, with you know with 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 uh, people who have a lot of Android contacts. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, I mean, they put Apple Music on Android, which was a bit of a shocker at the time, but it hasn't exactly you know the world hasn't come to a crashing halt or anything like that because yeah. they did it. I think the, the, the main difference is, is that uh, you know you have to pay to use Apple Music, so 
um, unless they ma- manage to start monetizing iMessage somehow. Yeah, uh, maybe it's not in their interest. The other two big changes on iOS were Maps and Photos. Are you looking forward to uh, those changes? Yes, the, the Photos um, changes uh, with the, you know, the integration with the artificial intelligence seems very interesting. And it's, it's a problem that I think a lot of people have is that, you, you know, you use your phone to take, you know, lots and lots of photos. You might have thousands of photos saved up over, uh, you know, a number of years and trying to find, uh, you know, an exact picture or from a, you know, a specific place and time is very difficult right now. Mm. Um, so, you know, having this artificial intelligence or this, this um, advanced image processing, being able to, you know, pick up, uh, not just location and faces, but also, you know, um, actually scan the image and, and um, you can tag those images with certain um, s- certain metadata that, that you can then search. Um, now, it uh, remains to be seen whether you can search through text or, you know, whether you could actually ask Siri, you know, hey, pull up that photo of, you know, me cycling a bike, uh, you know, last year. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, whether it will actually work, but um, it's 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 a great start. Um, and then the, the the map side of things is interesting. Uh, it it to me looks like they're really trying to take on Google and trying to, um, I guess, recover from the uh, well. Let's just call it what it was a failure of the the initial Apple Maps launch. Um, you know, with Google Maps right now, um, they have all sorts of business related data where you can go in and you can you know. Um, you know, get get the, the business details right there in the map, and you can actually you know uh, call them, and make a reservation, um, uh, say for things like restaurants and stuff like that. Um, so with with Apple Maps, you know they're they're bringing themselves up to par there, and they're they're kind of doing a little bit extra by um, uh, by letting companies like Uber and and uh, and, and the like um, actually uh, you know include information from their apps mm. on on the maps uh, themselves. So overall, we're kind of agreed that it was more just a series of updates. There was no huge, big new announcement or anything like that, and nice updates, lots of gimmicky kind of stuff. But the one thing for you is that Apple are actually listening to people and adapting. Definitely. And it it um, it kind of feeds into the whole uh, narrative that you know, Apple are sort of opening up and they're becoming more friendly to developers and also they're paying more attention to what people are asking for. Um, you know, the Apple of old, um, you, they, they were, you know, the guys who disappeared for a year worked on something and, you know, came up on stage and were like, Hey, you know, we've got this thing and this is how it works. And <laughs> um, so now they're, they're willing to, to, to go back and, and say, okay, well that didn't work very well. We're going to uh, make some changes and, and, and hopefully it's better this time around. And actually, uh, um, a great example of that is what they've done with the uh, with the update to WatchOS. Um, with WatchOS three, they've like radically overhauled the, how you interact with the watch again. Um, so, for example, uh, the side button that used to be uh, used to bring up your uh, recent contacts uh, is now a dock that shows your most recent apps. Like that's a massive change, and you know it's it's one that's. Um, that, that, that button in particular, uh, you know, has always been a bugbear of mine because um, I don't know many people who use the Apple Watch. So I'm hardly going to be, you know, sending them little taps and drawings and stuff like that. Um, and, I, you know, I don't really make phone calls for my watch either. So, you know, having it 
change to something that's more useful, like an app switcher mm-hmm. is, is, you know, it's great to see. And it's great to see Apple kind of hold their hands up and say, yeah, we, we, we made a mistake here. We're going to make this better. Good. Listen, as I mentioned, uh, you develop a lot of apps for Apple and uh, other systems. And the one that you're working with at the moment, I believe, is very popular with uh, President Obama is even a user of an app. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm working, uh, working for a company called Game Golf here in Galway. And, uh, yeah, Barack Obama used our product a couple of times now. Um, he's, he's, he's a big fan. And, uh, but yeah, if anyone is, uh, interested in hearing about more about the game golf, they can visit gamegolf.com. Excellent. Listen, Vinnie Coyne, thank you so much for, uh, giving us your, your insight and, and your feedback and your feelings on the Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, cheers. Thanks for having me, Dusty. Now, just before we go, Niall is still with us. Uh, what's our one more thing for this week? The one story online that we couldn't squeeze into the show? Yeah, well, it's really been a, a pretty busy week, but for something with a bit of novelty value, how about we explored the world of disposable robots and how they may be the next big thing for uh, first responders in dangerous situations? You can get more on that and all the Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RT Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, for myself, Dusty, and for Niall, thanks for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.